I think that most people will say that they've learned more from their mistakes than they did from their successes, yet being wrong remains one of the most feared outcomes in life. In this podcast, I share lessons learned from mistakes that have helped me to become a more authentic version of myself. I believe that the key to personal growth starts with being okay with not always getting it right. My name is Lonnie Woods III, and this is What I Did Wrong. What's up, what's up, what's up, y'all? I'm back. It is your favorite podcast host. Lonnie was the third here with season four of What I Did Wrong. I've been doing what I did wrong since the beginning of 2020, and I can't believe we're still going four seasons strong. And this season is no different. I'm here to share with you all of my mistakes, and we're going to talk about them, some with guests and some alone. But today's guest is my good friend, Forenza Walker, who is a education tech professional and a makeup artist and social media influencer. Her and I have had numerous discussions about fat phobia in the DMs and in our personal conversations. So it's so great to have her on the show today. So we're about to jump into mistake 71, fearing fat people with Forenza Walker right here on what I did wrong. Forenza, Forenza, are you there? I am. Hello, hello. Welcome to What I Did Wrong. So happy to have you. How are you feeling today? I am doing really well, and I am so glad to be here and excited to talk today. I'm really excited about this. Yes, well, I'm excited too. So for my audience who doesn't know you, just share a little bit about yourself, you know, your name, what you do, maybe your age, where you live, etc. So my name is Forenza Walker. I am 35. I am from the D.C., Maryland, and Virginia area. I live in Maryland. Not Baltimore. Um, Excluding Baltimore, Not Baltimore. Right? <laughs> not even a little bit Baltimore. <laughs> um, and I currently work in the education technology space. On the side, though, you know, I am a makeup artist for fun. I am not a working makeup artist. I just really enjoy doing my own makeup and posting it on social media. My social medias are all the same. It's Forenza Monet. Please follow me. I'm on TikTok and Instagram. And I would like to add that I feel that you are the queen of transitions on social media. (laughs) So y'all definitely check her out. (laughs) Thank you. I appreciate that. (laughs) Absolutely. So I'm really excited to this conversation with you today. And I'm titling this episode Fearing Fat People, which is sort of just like a a pun or not really a pun around fat phobia. I wanted to jump into a conversation about people who are anti-fat, sizeism, and all that good stuff. But before we get started, I I found a Boston Medical Center um, article that I felt had a really decent working definition of fat phobia because I feel like a lot of people may not know what it is. I feel like when people hear phobia, they always jump to, I'm not scared of fat people. I'm not scared of gay people. I'm not scared of black people. And uh, people don't realize that the way that phobia is used um, is not necessarily like a direct fear. So according to Boston Medical Center, uh, fat phobia, also known as anti-fat, is the implicit and explicit, y'all. Keep that in mind as we discuss mm-hmm. the implicit and explicit bias of overweight individuals that is rooted in a sense of blame and presumed moral failing. 
oh, I thought this was so good. So again, mm-hmm. a implicit or explicit bias of overweight individuals that is rooted in a sense of blame and presumed moral failing. And it goes on to say, being overweight and or fat is highly stigmatized in Western culture. Anti-fatness is intrinsically linked to anti-blackness, racism, classism, misogyny, and other systems of oppression. You know, being someone that has grown up in a bigger body, how early do you remember feeling self-conscious about your body? I grew up with a lot of cousins who were around my same age, and they all were very small growing up. Um, And I've always been, you know, fat. I've always been chubby. I've always been, you know, husky is the word they used to use back in the day, which I absolutely hate. (laughs) Um, But um, I feel like I, for as long as I can remember, I was the fat child, you know, in my group of cousins and my group of friends. And, um, you know, it, it, it impacted me in so many different ways because it's like, you know, my cousins would tease me about being fat or I couldn't do certain things because I was fat. You know, my cousins flipping all over the place. I'm like, I can't do no cartwheel because I'm fat. (laughs) Or, you know, wanting to wear the same clothes as my cousins or my friends and I couldn't. I do remember a very specific moment though from when I was younger. And it was when I was like sort of coming into, you know, puberty, but not quite there yet. And my you know, my dad would like comment on the fact that like I would I didn't have deodorant on and I would stink, you know, and I feel like I was the only child that was being told that of all of my cousins. I think it was because I was fat, right? Like not that my cousins weren't smelling because they were children and outside and playing just like I was, but because I was a fat person, I felt like You know, it was just sort of like this, you can't be fat and stink. (laughs) So we need to find you some deodorant. And that really hurt my feelings as a, you know, I might've been like eight or nine. The rest of my cousins weren't experiencing that or, or they weren't saying that to them. It was just me. And at the time, I don't think I recognized it as like me because I was the fat one. But now in, you know, retrospect, I'm like, that's probably what it was. That's something I've been thinking a lot about in general. Like a lot of times we focus on what's being said or done and we don't focus as much on what's not being said or what's not being done, Mm -hmm. right? This fat child might not be getting as much attention from the adults even. Mm -hmm. Like I've seen adults praise smaller children for being attractive or being- Oh my God, yes. You know, whatever, and kind of leave- the chubbier kids or the fat kids out of that discussion so you Mm -hmm. might not be saying you're not good enough because you're fat but because you're not saying anything (laughs) yeah you notice that something's different about me it's so weird that people have an ideal size in their mind and standards of what you should be and i think this Mm -hmm. goes across topics but if we we stay on sizes i'm like again like the auntie right like Mm -hmm. you come home for thanksgiving from college and someone's telling you oh you look good this size don't lose no more weight Mm -hmm. you look good though you're gonna look like a bobblehead or don't gain (laughs) no more weight because you don't want to lose this and lose that but it's like weird how you have an ideal in your mind around i should look like and you're projecting that onto me as if it's a standard the reality is they they might not be happy with their own bodies right and so 
you know, to your point, like they're just projecting those insecurities onto somebody else. And it's it's so damaging. There are these stereotypes of people that have bigger bodies. And I'm not necessarily saying that we need to dispel them today. But yeah. what are some things that you feel are common as you've grown and learned more about how the world unfortunately thinks about fat people that are some of those stereotypes I think the biggest one and most common one is that all fat people are unhealthy, which, you know, is just not true. Just like how all skinny people are not healthy. <laughs> that is the biggest one. I think the other thing is, and, and that definition that you share at the beginning is like, wow. Like when you, when you talked about the like moral failing, right? Like, I think that's how it was put. Yes. Like you... it's this idea that fat people have done something wrong and are constantly doing something wrong. And that's the reason why they're fat. So whether that be, you don't work out, you eat too much, you are diabetic and you're diabetic because you eat too much. You know what I mean? Like it's it's like this thought that fat people are just, they're, they're, they're doing all the wrong things. And we just know that not to be true, which is so wild to me because some of the most fit people that I know are actually considered overweight. But like, let's also um, talk about the BMI system and how it is, you know, BS for real, right? right. It was created by somebody who wasn't even a medical professional, um, who was probably white, probably a white man. <laughs> and it's like now they are using this as a, as a way to measure whether or not, you know, everybody is the right weight there is no like health is such an individual thing that it is wild to me that if you are this weight then you automatically are going to have these health issues are there some diseases that that you can be more prone to at a higher weight yes but I think even that is individual right like Someone who I was almost 350 pounds, someone who is 350 pounds might actually be pretty healthy, you know, relatively speaking at 350 pounds for me, I was diabetic. And I was like, that was sort of my, my, the breaking point for me, right? Like I was like, I can't, I don't want to take medication for the rest of my life. I don't want to be diabetic. I have to lose weight. But there might be somebody who is 350 pounds and may not actually be diabetic or even at risk for diabetes. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. And so I think it's such an individual thing. And so, you know, there's so many things like that. Also, sorry, this is somewhat of a, an aside, but, but it is related to this, that the word fat is inherently negative. It is not. It is a descriptor, just like skinny, just like tall, just like short, just like any other descriptive word. I think that in our society, we have made the word fat negative. Um, we have put this, you know, stigma around it. And, you know, frankly, it's just not bad. And I personally am not offended when anyone, I used to be, I'm not going to act like I didn't used to be, but um, I, I'm not offended when anyone calls me fat right now, because you, you're, you're right. I am <laughs> like, I'm not, I'm not going to be like, Oh my God, you hurt my feelings. Um, and I think that more people need to destigmatize that word because when I, when I talk about myself or when I talk about other people, when I say the word fat, I'm not using it in a way that makes it negative, right? Like let's, let's reclaim that word. Let's take it back <laughs> and use it the way that it's supposed intended to be used. We've seen a 
well, I'll, I'll speak for myself and I think mm-hmm. social media, entertainment industry, I've seen over the last, I would say, five to seven years, this sort of movement and some, you know, not just the body positivity movement in and of itself, but I feel like it is almost normalized for people who enjoy their fat bodies to actually love their bodies, not Mm -hmm. just because they're fat and they accept themselves, but because they're human Mm. and they love themselves. And I think to your point and to the definitions point about that moral sort of like punishment that you should have for being fat. Like there is no way that you should love yourself. Mm -hmm. If you love yourself and be fat, that means what? You might not want to lose weight. And diet culture taught us that you're supposed to be skinny. And so Mm -hmm. there's no way that you should be, you know, happy and loving yourself. So I love it when I see people who who are reclaiming that word fat, people who are showing their bodies, people who are saying, girl, go put them shorts on. Go let that cellulite show. Mm -hmm. Go let that. um, There's a girl I follow. Her name is Miss Jamima. She's actually, she was in the DMV. She's a, um, a fashion YouTuber and she always Mm. calls her rolls butter rolls and she calls her body big body bins and she's like well I'm gonna (laughs) squeeze myself into this big body bins and I'm going to you see these butter rolls like they're hanging out they look good like to really sort of reclaim your time around Mm -hmm. your perception of your body yep 100% yeah go ahead I was just gonna say it's also like this weird thing that they say they being like you know society if I love my body and I call my rolls butter rolls and uh, I'm a big body <laughs> Benz, that means that I'm glorifying obesity. obesity. Oh, also, God. what does that even mean? What does you know, that like, even mean? Like, what, is, what are you trying to say? <laughs> <laughs> if, if glorifying obesity means that I am encouraging someone else to love themselves no matter what their body looks like, then yes, I am glorifying obesity because you know, one of the reasons why I talk so openly and freely about my surgery on social media is because I want people who might be going through the same thing or who might be considering going through the same thing to feel confident and comfortable going through it without the noise of society around them, right? Because there is, it's, 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 it's constant noise, especially when you're a fat person, but especially when you make a decision like this one that is perceived as like a cosmetic surgery, Right. Um, or something that's like elective and not necessary. People are going to talk, they're going to project, they're going to do all of those things. And I personally, one of the goals for me posting is so that everyone can feel comfortable. And I imagine that people who are fat influencers, their their goal is to make it so that every person, no matter whether they're fat, skinny, tall, short, whomever, is comfortable expressing themselves however they want in their bodies absolutely and you know one thing like when we talk about dismantling fat phobia like I I grew up chubby as well and I definitely I I think I was fortunate in that like I've always been pretty tall like like a lot of times the way fat phobia is projected is based not just on your weight or even your weight at all sometimes it's your body type right yep we talk about apple shapes we talk about pear shape like I'm pear shaped and I'm tall so my weight is distributed kind Mm -hmm. of evenly whereas though some people might weigh be in their normal range or whatever healthy range even though I don't really believe in that but because of the way they're shaped which goes back to genetics which goes back to yep. uh, 
anti-blackness because mm-hmm. us being black in and of itself latin etc the way our bodies are shaped where our curves are where our where we hold our weight so that can really contribute to you appearing to be mm-hmm. overweight to the world yeah i was i just posted a tiktok yesterday as a matter of fact talking about how my i saw my aunt for the first time after surgery and you know the last time she saw me i was 75 75 pounds heavier and all she kept commenting on was like, oh, my God, look at your sh- I can see your waist now. She kept saying it. And it made me so uncomfortable. At one point, she even commented on my breasts. And I was like, I need you not to do that. <laughs> please, please stop talking please stop. about my body. Please. <laughs> <laughs> but, but the waist thing kept making me so uncomfortable because I was like, I'm not shaped any differently. Right. I just got less fat on me. And so what you were implying by saying that is that my body is prettier now. Eh, that's so toxic it's you know to to somebody who might not be as you know uh self-aware or who might still be struggling with how they view their own bodies comments like that are so damaging it's so much nuance i think to this topic that is important for everyone to understand absolutely absolutely um i want to talk a little bit about uh fat representation so to speak i feel like nowadays when i think about entertainment and media i feel like i feel good and bad for lizzo because um i mean she's always getting you know this sort of backlash for such a contradicting thing which is showing her body there is not a woman in the music <laughs> industry doesn't show their body i mean mm-hmm. Beyonce, Megan the Stallion, that's her whole thing. You know, all these women show their bodies. So again, to see a fat woman, a young fat woman, Lizzo's mm-hmm. a, a millennial like us. Yeah, she's not quite Gen Z, probably a millennial girl who is like, listen, I'm fat. I like my body. I'm clapping my cheeks. I'm showing my dimples <laughs> and people are upset. And I, and I think she said something at the VMAs during her speech because Aries Spears, which where the hell did he come from? Yes. Um, has oh my been gosh. You know, talking about her. And I, I said this to my friends when Lizzo first came out or got popular. I said, we're not just mad. The people that hate her for her body is not about her being sexual. It's not about her showing her skin is not about the kids and it's not even really about her being fat in this case. It's the fact that she's fat and successful. If, if this wasn't, it didn't have number one songs and a lot of the world didn't like her, we wouldn't be talking about it. Mm -hmm. And the part that frustrates me about that whole thing is like, y'all are mad because she's fat. She likes herself and she's winning. She's in her lane and she's killing it. When it comes to the rise of this kind of popularity um, of, of women embracing their body in the media, you know, as well, uh, including social media, what do you think that women with larger bodies, why do you think they get critiqued so much when they're in love with their bodies? Just say, I absolutely love Lizzo so much. Yeah. And I probably not a surprise, right? But I love her. I love how she is so authentic to who she is. Um just she's just amazing but to me or to lizzo or any fat person who who has the audacity to walk out of the house in something that you you being general wouldn't wear because they're fat you're projecting you are projecting your own insecurities onto these fat people that dare to 
love on themselves. If you if you we really just go to like the basic definition, I think of fat phobia, right? This fear of being fat. Again, they're they're projecting. I I I am terrified that one day I could be perceived as fat. Why? No, 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 Lizzo. You can't shake your... Beyonce can do it, but you can't do it because you look nothing like Beyonce. So, like, no. You know, mm-hmm. and and it, it's it, it's heartbreaking when I think about it, but that's why I absolutely love Lizzo so much, and I wish that there were more fat women in the media, but it's, it's also about, like, how your weight is distributed, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. if Lizzo... Mm-hmm was shaped like Jill Scott, she probably wouldn't get as much hate as she gets, right? Right. right. But I think I think that, you know, Lizzo gets a lot of hate because she just is truly her authentic self and people do not know how to digest that. They right. don't. And, and, they don't. and I think a lot of it is because they don't know how to authentically and truly be them themselves. Right? You used to get mm. into a lot of men got lipo back in the day. The record labels were like saying that. So... Yeah. Man, it's just a lot. So speaking of like, you know, I think this kind of fits into um, size inclusivity. So um, I've heard you mention on your platform a lot about what is and what isn't size um, inclusivity, especially I remember you you mentioned this around, Lord, I hope the hive don't cancel me, but you mentioned this around the, um, the Ivy, Ivy Park, Park. Park launches. Mm-hmm. And um, so tell me some of your frustrations and also when it comes to size inclusivity, what, what do you consider size mm-hmm. inclusive? Like if you had the control of the market, what would it look like? Totally. So um, the Ivy Park thing, that frustration was around the very first drop with Adidas. Like when she first uh, announced her collaboration with Adidas to mm-hmm. relaunch Ivy Park. The Mm -hmm. first drop that she did was not size inclusive. And then the very next one, she was like, all right, here's all the fat people stuff. And I think that a part of that, and this often happens, it it happens in the beauty community with black people too, but it's like, all right, we're going to drop this new makeup line and it's only going to include these three dark shades and that's it. But then we're going to extend our, our, our shade range eventually. It's Mm -hmm. like, well, why not start there? You know? It's the same right. way with size inclusivity. Like, why are you dropping, you know, extra, <laughs> extra small to, to extra large? And then you're like, we're going to extend the sizes and then call them, quote unquote, extended sizes. No, start there because that is that that is representative of what the world looks like, you know? Right. And it, it, it it's so, like, insulting to me when I come across brands that don't that aren't size inclusive. So in my opinion... If you are going up to like a 4X, a 5X, that is inclusive. And it really depends on, you know, how your sizing works. If you got a clothing brand that is, you know, your 3X fits more like an extra large, that ain't size inclusive. Just because it say 3X on the tag is not, does not mean that it's inclusive. Um, So I think that that's something like, it's not just about the sizing. It's also about how, I'm sorry, it's not just about, like the size on the tag, it's also about how you are actually creating these clothes to fit fat mm-hmm. bodies and mm-hmm. not just blowing up a, a, a <laughs> extra small, you know? I'll wrap up here, but I really want to end on a good note and really send some love out to the fat people. And I really want to talk about self-acceptance. So when you think about your journey of self-acceptance and thinking about where you were and what was it that 
kind of was the catalyst for you to say, you know what, like I'm I'm going to go on this journey to to love myself. And I'm not talking about surgery, y'all, because I want to put that out there that like everyone's self-acceptance as a fat person doesn't start with, again, a solution for them being yes. fat, which equals diet culture, which equals. So that's something that I don't want you to leave here with because that's fat phobic. <laughs> that's fat phobic. Mm-hmm. To like, it absolutely. Oh. That's the moment when you decided. And so, yeah, for you, what was it? And for those people who are sitting at home, you know, who are like, man, I want to love myself. You know, what were some things that you did or that you would suggest? Yeah. So for me, it was just sort of this realization that like my worth is not in my body. Right. Also, I think one of the biggest things a friend of mine said to me a long time ago, and I didn't accept it when he said it initially, but the the older I got, the wiser I got, the more mature I got, I was able to actually receive what he said. But he said, when you are your most authentic self, that is when you are your most attractive. And he wasn't really, I don't think that he was speaking like attractive, like, you know, on the outside. He was just saying that in the way that I sort of interpreted it later on in life is like, when you are who you truly are and you, um, you present that way literally with it right and that does make you attractive to more people and and ultimately yourself so for me it was also about accepting the parts of myself that I had been ashamed of for so long and that wasn't necessarily tied to my weight it was tied to the things that I like to do it was tied to the things that I the the to my silly sense of humor it was you know what I mean like all of these different like traits about myself that I sort of have been have been teased about or ridiculed about all my life that I finally was like you know what I love that about me like I'm I'm going to accept the fact that I am you know into true true crime podcasts or (laughs) that I love puzzles or you know what I'm saying like little stuff like that and when I started to really accept that and not give a shit what nobody else thought I I think it was a lot easier for me to grow into this love of even the physical part. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of What I Did Wrong, the only podcast where getting it wrong helps you to get it right. Support the show by following us on Instagram at What I Did Wrong Podcasts. And make sure you leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Catch all new episodes every other week. And until next time, remember that mistakes are essential to reach your full potential. My name is Lonnie Was the Third, and I am your host. And I leave you in love, peace, and style.